Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening in to this show. It's December 7th, and for those history buffs, do you remember what happened on December 7th, 1941? If you're old enough, you'll remember that was the attack on Pearl Harbor Day. And as President Franklin Delano Roosevelt calls this day, it was a date that will live in infamy. And we look back at that tragic day on the assault of American forces by the Japanese in Pearl Harbor. And it is a, is a day that does stick out among history buffs and among veterans who recall what happened then for the people who are still alive who look back. For my personal history, I wasn't born until 1955, but I know that 53 years after Pearl Harbor Day, I was in the Oval Office of the White House and I was being promoted to captain by the President of the United States, and it was December 7th, 1994. So in a lot of ways for me, that, that has a special meaning. This show actually has particularly important meaning for me. This is the 13th show that we've had in our second season. And I'm going to talk more towards the end of the show what that means and the next season, if that's going to be. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But let me start off with my honorable mentions. Today I got the news that one of my dear patients for the last 12 years passed on to the other life. Her name was Jan. Jan. She struggled with tumors, uh, brain cancer at the end, and today passed peacefully at home with the help of the loving hospice folks, hospice nurse, her husband Tom, and a really good friend. So may she rest in peace, may she sing with the angels and be finally pain-free and in a loving place. I'm being particularly reflectful today because I, I know that this is our 13th show. It's the last show of the second season for Dr. Connie's House Calls. So I'd like to reflect and look back about the other shows, the last 12 shows, because I always think it's a good idea to look back and reflect and say, what did I learn from that? What kind of messages? And I think about how people say that when you pass on, there's some type of inventory of life where some some angel or somebody shows you your life and the whole span of those important things that happen, and then there's some lesson you learn. So I'm just going to do that in this first segment of this show about the last 12 episodes, and I'll just sort of highlight what I think was important about those shows and and what I got from them. I uh, I started off this show, really, the purpose was in reaction to being a positive change in the world because I I had received this show, as I mentioned, from my husband John as a Christmas present about two years ago and was busy with my practice and, and the work going on that I didn't really have time to dedicate to focusing on the show and how to set it up and what I was going to do. I had had this show about four years ago and really enjoyed it, but just needed the time to make it happen. So what really brought it about was all the negative news that was going on. And I said, I always believe that you really need to be, we each need to be the change you want to see in the world. And it was my way to promote a way to think about life and to be positive. 
And at least for 46 minutes each show that we do, we focus on people who are sources of inspiration, who are mentors, who have interesting ideas, who are entertaining, and lift us up. So really, the, the, the goal of this show was to be positive in a negative world. So our first show was with our Phoenix Business Journal senior correspondent, Angela Gonzalez, who's a reporter. And I'd known her for many years here in Phoenix as we attended numerous events. And I always remember that she was the one who's been asked to sing the national anthem. So it allowed me to focus upon reporters because I at one time in my life was interested in journalism and realized, gee, I think I think it, I could also do journalism and medicine because medicine allowed you to tap into people's personal lives. And journalism is just a tough field. So I went into medicine. But I picked Angela because of her being positive, being fair in the media towards me. And and she was my first guest on that show. And it and, it, and I was really touched when I look back because as we ended that first show with Angela, she sang Ave Maria because she has tremendous faith. She sings in her church choir. And so that was her little gift to me. Our second show was on resilience, and it broadcast right after 9-11. And I look back at our data as how many downloads we've had for our different shows. And that show had the most clicks. It had the most number of listeners, thousands of listeners listened to that show as not only on the day of the broadcast, but subsequently. And it really focused upon how do you survive difficult times, not only surviving, but thriving. And I think what brought a lot of people to listen in was our special guest that day on our resilience show. We had in studio then retired Navy Commander Suzanne Giesman, and I had met her several years prior. She was a Navy commander, had witnessed the Twin Towers fall on 9-11, and then flew back with the Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff to the Pentagon and had witnessed, had seen the Pentagon. And then in, when, in her retirement, because as a result she decided that was it, life is short, she and her husband decided to retire from the Navy and sailed around the world. Subsequently happened that she lost her stepdaughter in a tragic accident, a freak of nature. Uh, her stepdaughter, who was pregnant, was in the military, was struck by lightning. So Suzanne was really affected by this death. And what developed afterwards were she discovered and developed her gifts of being a medium. So she was on our show. We talked about how she developed those skills and, and the things, the insights she gained from that and how she connects with the other side. And she has just recently published her next book, her new book called Still There, where she offers bereavement advice and hope to parents who have lost a child. And I encourage people to go out and get that book. But I think back at that show, how people provide us the examples of how God gives us the strength to go on in difficult times. Our third show was, was where I tapped into family members, and that was called Lead the Way. My husband, John Weber, was my guest here in studio. And I look back at that show, and I don't even mention he's my husband. I go through his resume as he was an engineer uh, from University of Toronto, Harvard Business School graduate, worked for McKinsey, worked for General Electric, worked for 
different large corporations, every two to three years, moved to a different company and eventually became the turnaround guy. And the turnaround guy is the executive who gets recruited by a company that is failing, comes in, changes the culture, changes things, and in a lot of ways is a trauma surgeon for corporations. He fixes them up, resuscitates them, and gets them working again. And that's what he does. And so we got to share, go over his life journey, the things he learned as a boss, and how other people can gain from that about leadership, what it takes to make a great leader, and turning businesses into successful ventures. Our fourth show on September 28, I found very interesting. I, that was a show entitled Signs from God. And I invited on board that show my minister, Unity of Phoenix Spiritual Center, senior minister, Reverend Richard Mirage, who has a very inspiring story. Richard was from Canada and when he was only in his teens, was in a horrible car accident, which took away the power of his legs. He is a paraplegic, and he went through a very difficult time and turned around after his father passed away. So he got those signs from God where it was time to move on and do something productive with his life. So he went into Toastmasters, was giving speeches, became a minister, and for the last 12 years has been here in Phoenix at Unity of Unity of Phoenix Spiritual Center, giving guidance and inspiration. And he is a remarkable speaker. And on the side, he is as a stand-up, so to speak, comic, which I find fascinating. But we talked about the turning points in our life and how the trajectory can change in any instant. And his own personal life, he, cha- he shared with me that. And as a result, as I remember telling him, as we were driving after the show to get dinner with the group, because we usually go to dinner afterwards, I shared with him that I have a medium friend, uh, actually a psychic friend in New Jersey, and I shared with him about my psychic friend and whether he would be interested in having a reading. And so I said I would give him a gift of a reading, and I contacted her in, in New Jersey. She did a reading, and he emailed me back, a few weeks later and said, thank you so much. It was amazing. And that reading really has turned his life around in many ways. Our fifth show, again, I've tapped back into the family, is called Mompreneurs and was in studio with my daughter-in-law, Erin Stevens, and her friend, Allison Smith. Both of them are young working moms, stay-at-home moms. But, you know, when moms are stay-at-home, they're still working. They're working all the time. Whenever you have children, you're always working. And it talked about their personal businesses and what they did, how they're constantly balancing the needs of their kids and their home, and what happens, how they make it happen. And they've showed several studies that the children of working moms actually benefit in many ways towards their attitudes towards women in the workforce and that the the female children of working moms, when they go into the workforce, expect to be promoted rapidly because they're very ambitious. That's a good thing. They contribute to the family. And so I really enjoyed talking about that because as a working mom, I was in the military Uh, active duty when my kids came into the world. And it was always constantly a balancing act where you you really had to schedule and work things through with your spouse. So make sure you have a good partner working with you and just constantly balancing and being flexible. Our sixth show was entitled It Is Brain Surgery. 
and I brought into studio Dr. Bernard Bendock, who is head of neurosurgery at Mayo, Arizona, brilliant, brilliant physician, and also a man with a heart of gold, very talented man. And he shared his, uh, the challenges of his training and what it takes to be a brain surgeon. Takes a lot of brains, right? I, when I think I look back, I asked him about what take-home take lessons he would share with the audience, and he shared that he always tells people to be very cautious about whenever they have severe headaches associated with vomiting. That's a red flag. That That's a sign of possibly increased intracranial bleeding. So whenever someone has a severe headache, that's something to be concerned of. But particularly if you have vomiting, you got to help get some help right away. Have someone bring you to the ER, get help right away. As part of that show, we invited Dr. Bendock's young son, Michael Bendock, to come in. And he's a junior high student here in Scottsdale who, in his way to adapt to a new school environment, decided to set up a nonprofit with other classmates in which they would raise money and donate it to Genentech to do research into rare diseases. And I thought it was very admirable that a young student just coming into a new school, new town, had the maturity and the kindness and the goodness really to say, how can we help others? And then also the business savvy to set up his own nonprofit, and he did that, and, I, and kudos to Michael for doing that. Show number seven was my first time broadcasting out of the studio using Skype, so I had to be a little bit challenged by technology, <clears throat> and that was my time to broadcast from a hotel in San Antonio where my husband and I were attending an aviation conference. And the title of that show was called Meaning More Than Happiness. And it was my interview with author Emily Esfahani-Smith. She wrote this book entitled The Importance of Meaning and How Meaning Was More Important Than Seeking Happiness. And, and Emily's theory was that we are so obsessed with finding happiness in this world that we can't find it, that we become more saddened. And we really should focus upon finding meaning. What is life meant to be about? What's, what's the importance of meaning here? And she talks about the four pillars of meaning, and I quote them often to my patients. The four pillars of meaning are, number one is purpose. What is your purpose in this life? The second is belonging. Who do you belong to? Who do you belong with? The third is storytelling. And people love telling the stories of their lives, their journey, how they met their loved ones. And the fourth is transcendence. What do I have in my life that I know that counted, that will live beyond my physical existence? How do I transcend that? So I really enjoyed that show, uh, interviewing Emily on, on her book. Show number eight, I was back in the studio, and this was a lot of fun. I brought into studio my personal hair, hairstylist, Alfonso Gonzalez, and uh, nail technician friend Sandy Conklin from Par Excellence Salon in Scottsdale. And the reason I brought them in, one of the observations I've had as a physician, because I always interview patients and I'm trying to get them to be comfortable with me and open up and share every aspect, not to hide things, because a lot of us doctors know that our patients may not be forthcoming in their history. And we know as physicians that the diagnosis and the treatment is only as good as the history that you're going to get from the patient. 99 or 90% of the diagnosis, they say, is based on history. And I always believe, from my own personal observations, that 
women particularly tell their hairdresser and their nail salon tech more about their personal lives and habits than they tell their own physician. And Sandy Conklin, uh, my nail tech friend, and my hairdresser, Alfonso, verified that is correct, that they are privy to some incredible secrets about people's lives, their habits. And the question I say is, how can we learn from them? How can we learn so that people can open up, not feel threatened? And, you know, part of it is not lecturing to people. People don't need a lecture. If they know that when they admit they drink too much, you're not going to yell at them or lecture to them, but you're going to say, listen, let's talk about it. How can we help you? How can we make your life better? And then, again, educate them about the hazards of their habits and work with that not to be judgmental. That's important. Show number nine was about fears and futures. And this happened right after Halloween. We talked about all the common fears of people about spiders and dogs. Some people are afraid of dogs and and, uh, heights and even flying. And one of the fears people have is what's going to happen in the future. And so how do we deal with that? And I invited into our studio my personal psychic friend, Annette Bricka from New Jersey, who was visiting here in town. And that show, in a lot of ways, was life-changing for her and some other friends because after Annette came to Scottsdale to visit some close friends, she decided she was going to move here. So now we have our own in-town psychic coming coming here to Scottsdale. So anyone looking for a great psychic, she she does uh, her readings out here. Show number 10, we change gears, we switch gears because we were entering Veterans Day week and it was about honoring America's veterans and it was a life of service. And we interviewed my son Jason Stevens about what it was like being a military brat growing up traveling and having a family that's in the military. And our special call-in guest for that show was Sergeant First Class Glenn Powell, retired from the Army, who I knew at the White House. He had written a book entitled The Last Baggage Call on Air Force One, and we talked about the times we spent in the military as well as our time at the White House. And Glenn, I think, as I look back, his secret to his success in the military was he always knew how to get things done. He was the can-to guy. When you said, Glenn, can you make this happen? He says, yes, ma'am, can do, and he had such a positive attitude to make it happen. So I'm going to look right now. We've got a little break coming up for three minutes. We're going to come back. I'm going to share a little bit more as I do the overview of the past 12 shows. And then I'm going to launch into what's next. So stay, uh, stay tuned. We've got some more coming. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. 
I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnyradio at gmail.com. That's drconnyradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. As we wrap up the 13th show, this is the 13th show of our second season, I'm doing sort of a review of all the previous shows in terms of what I've learned, what we've experienced. Sort of, it makes me reflect back on the little lessons that we learn along the way, as well as the gifts of inspiration from our guests. <clears throat> and as I'm going through that, I'm, I'm looking at show 11, show number 11, and we broadcasted that here in studio in, in Phoenix uh, the week before Thanksgiving and was rebroadcast. It was that good. It was rebroadcast Thanksgiving week. And that show was entitled Beauty and the Attitude of Gratitude. And I really love that show because I brought here my dear friends, Maureen Francisco and David Van Maren. And they're from Seattle, and I've known them several years. I knew Maureen before she married David. I knew, and then I met David when she called me and said, I think this is the guy I'm going to get married to. And it worked out, and they're happily married, and they have a delightful little son, Malachi. And they also have fascinating lives. And I, I chose them for this show about gratitude because... They and I were not born in this country. They were born uh, overseas. Maureen was born in the Philippines in a very, very humble place. And David Van Maren was born in Korea, in South Korea. And he was adopted when he was a child, was an infant. Well, not an infant, but as a little boy. He really doesn't know his age. He was found in an orphanage. And coming to this country, we have a particularly deep appreciation of what it means to be American because it wasn't given to us. We had to work for it to become American. And I made a comment that as we were sitting here in studio talking about it, I said, you know, if anybody ever took a picture of us at this moment, us chatting, 
I'm Filipino, Maureen's Filipino, David looks Korean, but yet we speak English flawlessly. We have American attitudes in that sense. We are patriotic in many ways, but they would never expect it. They would be thinking there's some type of a cultural mismatch because we don't look and speak the way, actually we don't, what we speak doesn't match the way we look. And so I always find that interesting. It's always great to bust people's ideas of stereotypes because stereotypes, stereotypes don't apply to us. So Maureen and David are, that, are the same way. They are very talented people. Maureen became a journalist, and she learned English watching newscasters on television. David went on to become an agent for creative artists and then eventually wound up producing beauty pageants, uh, the Miss USA pageant. And so that's what they do. They travel, they produce beauty pageants, and have an incredible life and great stories. So they really do appreciate the struggle to become American. Show number 12 was entitled, and that was our show last week, Give Yourself the Gift of Health. And I thought coming now as we are right before the holiday season where everybody's stressed out about okay you know we've got to get the parties going we got to get the gifts oh my gosh this is happening there's too much too quick our cards it was good to just pause and take a break with our studio guest Dr. Julian A who is a clinical psychologist and Julie came to our previous show about four years ago also spoke right before the holidays with her wisdom and her clinical advice that she gives to all her patients and she shared about the fact that it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to stress out. I think the biggest concern people have is how much weight they're going to gain over the holidays. And Julie asked me, she says, do you know how much people normally gain over the holidays? Because there's a myth about that. She says people think that over the holidays, all the eating and the partying, that they're going to gain about seven to eight pounds, right? That's usually what my patients tell me when I weigh them, like right after the holidays, that extra seven to eight pounds, oh, is from all the holidays. And she says that's a myth. People only gain one pound. The other thing that we talked about in this healthy, healthy decision-making process was the word diet. The diet, the word diet is a four-letter word. Diets don't work. If you want to lose weight, it's really about changing your life. It's about a lifestyle. It's about cutting down your portions, avoiding foods that make you gain weight, and it's really being more active physically. And we found that to our relief that rather than the number one, the typical number one New Year's resolution for many years has been number one, go on a diet. It has now changed to our relief. And in the number one resolution among Americans is to exercise more, which is a great idea. So if you're struggling out there to what to get your family member for Christmas, get them a membership to a health spa or a special training exercise or a or a dance lesson, something that gets them moving, or a nice Peloton bike, or a treadmill, or something fun. So we talked about lifestyle and, and how that's important, but also over the holidays when you're trying to be healthy and and it, watch what you eat and just moderate. If you go overboard one day, sort of pull back the next day, apply that to the rest of the year, and it'll make a huge difference, difference with that. So now we are today, show number 13 of our first season, and I look at the different topics, and our executive producer, Sandra, says, you know, you're not the typical doctor. I mean, you're not there talking about hypertension, diabetes, uh, 
all the, uh, the latest medications. I said, I can do that, and I'll do that hopefully some more in the future. But I'd like to talk about other things that affect people's lives. Like when I see every uh, patients for their annual physical, I go over the data about their cholesterol, their glucose, their lipids, their PSA. I go over the data about their colonoscopies, all those things. I do their physicals. But what I find is important is tapping into what's going on in their psyche, in their mind, in their spirit, into their soul. And, you know, I look at what motivates people. And the most interesting things motivate people. How do you get people to lose weight? You know, do you say, well, if you lose weight, your fasting blood sugar drops so many points, your hemoglobin A1C drops to less than six, and you're okay, and you avoid neuropathy. No, you've got to be a salesperson. You've got to tune into what's going to drive them to make that change to change their life. Example, one of my patients uh, needed to lose weight. Her her ex-husband, actually their daughter was getting married, and she was going to wind up seeing her ex-husband in about a year, and she wanted to look good for the wedding. So she lost 15 to 20 pounds using lifestyle methods, and she looked fabulous, and that was her motivation. But she did it in a healthy manner using what motivated her. So sometimes, you know, sometimes being too vain to gain is a huge motivator for people. So it's important to look at that. So as we're looking at the show, you know, we wrap up this 13 episodes. What's next? People say, well, Dr. Connie, what's next? Well, one of the things I want to share was that I did publish, as you know, my memoir. It was about seven years ago. My book was entitled The White House Doctor, My Patients for Presidents. My agent, Susan Crawford, who was my uh, uh, agent for the last uh, seven years, and my editor at St. Martin's Press, Marsha Marklin, had been pushing me for the last seven years to write the next book. And it's been really tough. I mean, trying to find the time practicing medicine full-time is really hard gig. And I really needed the time to do that, and it was really hard to do that. Well, three weeks ago, it so happened I brought on board to my practice some well-needed help. I hired a very talented family nurse practitioner named Lauren Siniskalki, and her background came to me through the White House. I met Lauren 25 years ago. She was four years old at the time I met her. Her mother, Kimberly Siniskalki, was my Air Force nurse at the White House. And Lauren's her only child. We were neighbors. Our homes were around the corner from each other. My sons were, my son Jason was three. My oldest son Andrew was five. Lauren was four. And I remember we did the Easter egg roll at the White House, and our kids were participating in that. And that's how I, that's the first time I met her. Fast forward 25 years, uh, 24 years later, Lauren is in the Air Force. Uh, she had uh, gotten her uh, family nurse practitioner degree certification at Vanderbilt, joined the Air Force like her parents, and was at Davis Montham in Tucson, seeing 30 to 38 patients a day. And I convinced her over the span of a year to finish her time in the Air Force, as she did, and to come join me in my private practice. So she is now in my private practice. Hooray! And I've got a wonderful, hardworking nurse practitioner to help me with all my patients. And this, to me, has given me time to do the next thing. Even though I will still see my patients, do their annual exams, still available for them, I will have now more time to focus on my next project which is writing my next book, and that is on longevity. Now, longevity, what am I doing with longevity? 
one of the things I do in my practice is I keep track of patients' birthdays, right? You want to know. And whenever I have a patient who has a birthday, I email them or I call them and wish them happy birthday. Because my goal as a doctor is to help people have more birthdays, to help them live longer, but also look at the quality of their life. I want them to live long and vigorous, active lives. And the two goals that I have in mind for a long life for my patients are two things. Number one, no pain and good brain. Can I do that? That's the challenge. About four months ago, I lost my oldest patient. She was 102 years old. She was my patient for the last 12 years. And now my oldest patient is a woman who's 92, and my oldest male patient's 91. The majority of my 300-plus patients are over 60, so I have a geriatrics-type practice. Now, when I look at the lifespan of the American population, the average American life expectancy as of 2015 was 79 years, right? We're looking at numbers, 79 years. For men in the United States, the average life expectancy for the American male is, can you, can you guess what it is? It's 76. Bummer, right? It's bummer if you're 70, if you're 60, if you're my 70-year-old, that's, you know, that's scary, 76. But I've got my patients living to their 80s and 90s. For women in the U.S., it's a lot longer. It isn't 76 like the guys. We're ahead of the guys. It's 81. But again, you know, if you're 80, knowing that the life ex- average life expectancy is 81 doesn't give you great comfort, does it? You want to live longer, as much as, as long as you can, but also to make sure your mind is still good and you have no chronic pain. That's important. So every day is a gift, and I, and I look at that. Now, how much of genetics influences that? Actually, genetics isn't 100% regarding your longevity. It's about 36 to 40%. So if mom and dad live into their 90s, you know, you're looking at your contribution from them is about 36% chance, you know, your probability is about 36-40% that you're going to have your chances are pretty good. The rest, 60% lifestyle is going to be back to the important thing that you can control is your lifestyle. And that's important because you can't control your genetic input, but you can definitely control your lifestyle. So one of the things that's influenced me was about um, about 2008, I read a book entitled Blue Zones. And you've probably heard about it. It was a bestseller, New York Times bestseller. It came out in 2008 by Dan Buettner. And it looked at countries around the world at centenarians. And centenarians are people who are 100 years old. And what they call blue zones, it's a term used by demographers who study populations. And when they looked around the world at countries and locations that had a higher number than expected of 100-year-old people, they circled it with the color blue. So those are the blue zones. Those are the countries and places that had more 100-year-old people than any place in the world. And those are those places are Sardinia in Italy, Okinawa in Asia, Costa Rica, and the Seventh-day Adventists of Loma Linda. And so what I took back from that book was I learned a lot. You know, what do you learn from these people who live in the Blue Zones? They were elderly people who had purpose. They had a reason to get up every morning. They were physically active. They They hiked. They moved. They weren't sitting at a desk all day. Their diet consisted of fruit, vegetables, mostly fish, rarely red meat because they really couldn't afford to eat red meat. That was sort of a festival thing. They did drink wine. They had incredible family contacts, social networks, 
And the attitude towards their society, toward the elderly, was a very positive one, that they were revered. They weren't shunted away to a nursing home and told that they were useless in their old age. So then I thought, do I know anybody who lives in a blue zone? And I do know some people who are Seventh-day Adventists. Now, how can I keep this in mind about those lifestyle changes? How can I reinforce that with my patients so they can sort of live the blue zone type of way? And I thought, well, you know what? Let me look at American presidents. I know something about them. I took care of three of those guys. And I realized that there's something about being an American president at this time in our life history that allows them to live longer than the people who put them into office. And I think that gave me a lot of curiosity about what is it about the American presidency. At the time of leaving office, the oldest president of the United States was Ronald Reagan. At the time he left, he was 77 years old, almost 78. Nowadays, though, the oldest living U.S. president now, up to this time, is uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush, who was the first president I took care of. President Bush is 93 years old and you know, will be on June 12th next year, 94. So he is the oldest living U.S. president. The second oldest is Jimmy Carter, who is 93 as well, trails uh, President Bush by a few few days. President Bill Clinton, who I took care of, is 71. George W. Bush is 71, uh, is a few months younger. And uh, President, uh, former President Barack Obama is 56. So what is it about these guys? They're, they're pushing it. So Jimmy Carter and George Bush have outlived, have gone beyond the lifespan of the typical U.S. male. Bill Clinton, George uh, uh, W. Bush still have a few more years to go to beat that lifespan. So new records in presidential aging now are actually being broken. Uh, as we see, we have the most number of living former presidents in history now. So I love studying them. And we now have our oldest president at the time of inaug inauguration is President Donald Trump, who was inaugurated in January at the age of 71. So I'm excited about sharing a little bit more about presidential aging, but also about presidential longevity. So we're going to go to a quick break, come back, and I'll share with you some prescriptions regarding that. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. 
She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. We're living at a historic time at this time because this we have the most number of living former presidents in history. We have the oldest president at inauguration, President Donald Trump, who was 71 when he raised his right hand to swear in. But when you look at our former presidents, we have President George Herbert Walker Bush, who is 93, followed by Jimmy Carter, who's also 93, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush are 71 and Barack Obama's, who's 56. But I look at the th- the two older presidents, the former presidents, and at their age, they live way beyond the life expectancy of the American male. The average American male life expectancy is 76. So two former presidents have lived beyond that. And we're not even talking about the first ladies. First ladies, we show, live outlive most American women. Now, when you look at pictures of presidents, you look at the photo when they're inaugurated and then four and eight years later, what strikes you is the before-after photos is how they age. But what surprises most people, they don't really realize, is that even though they age before your eyes, they outlive most of us. So what is it about it? Why, why, why do these guys outlive most of us? So that will be the focus of my next book. And I'm going to, the working title is The 11 Presidential Secrets to Longevity. What can we learn from American presidents and apply to our own lives to help us live longer? And I've realized that there, they each have, being a president, there are certain secrets that allow them to live longer. There are 11 presidential secrets. They all start with the letter P as in Papa or presidential. And I'm going to share a little bit. I'm going to leak these to you right now. I'm going to ex- explain more about them in my book when that's going to come out because i got to write the book proposal and all that good stuff and pitch it to my, my agent. But let me share a little bit about those. Number one, number one secret is purpose. And that's something that you also see in the Blue Zones. All of these men 
have a purpose, obviously being the President of the United States, but their whole lives have been purpose-driven. I'm here for a reason. I have a job to do. They are constantly driven by that. Number two is partner. It's their spouse, their relationship with that spouse, but the people around them, their inner circle, they have people who bolster them, people to whom they belong, that encourage them. Number three, without a doubt, they are, they are prosperous. They have money. They're not poor. So that comes with all the accoutrements of prosperity, right? They have wonderful homes. They have a great lifestyle. They ha- eat healthier food, which also allows number four. The fourth secret is physician. They have access to excellent care. At the White House, they have 24-7 on-site medical care wherever they go in the world. When they leave office, that doesn't go away. They have access to very good medical care wherever they travel. There's uh, medical facilities that are available to them. They get routine checkups. So they have access to that. They're never denied that. If there are medical issues that come up, they will have uh, the best specialists in the world taking care of them. They don't struggle with that. So they have that access. Number five, I call it physical. That's the fifth presidential secret. They move. They're constantly physically active. None of these men are obese. Okay, Obesity kills people. It's our number one killer for that. But they are physically active. Uh, they're either playing golf, which some people don't consider that physically active unless you, you walk the course. But they walk. They're always moving. They're not sitting at a desk all day. The number six secret is portions. They do portion control because they they sort of moderate their their intake. They watch that. Bill Clinton learned to do that. That's how he lost weight. Number seven, the seventh secret starts with P, is pet. The majority of them had animals or pets, either a dog or cat. Now, it'd be interesting study to see whether... Democrats had cats and Republicans had dogs. I don't know that, but they all had some form of unconditional love in the form of a pet that was involved with them. Number eight is play. They find ways to get away from work and relax and to have fun and to just engage in other forms of activity, uh, golf, tennis, riding their boat, They find that. Number nine is protection. They have Secret Service protection. They're not driving around in a sports car, and they're not jumping out of a helicopter, although George Herbert Walker Bush did that on his 90th birthday uh, with the uh, paratroopers, but he, he was being monitored. Number 10 is pulpit, which I call the bully pulpit. And I think that's important in terms of, of their honoring their, their, uh, their wisdom. And I always say the way I put it, before a former president is a dead president, he is a statesman. He's valued. Whenever a former president speaks up, the news pays attention that that person has value in our society, a former president does. And I look at the blue zones where the elderly in Okinawa are revered, in Japan they're revered, that what you have has value because you have the age and the experience that counts. Number 11, secret is peace, that they have been through their lives, through different campaigns, through loss, struggle, have come to peace, or at least know what peace is about. And part of that peace is prayer, that they have somehow a, a some form of prayer-based faith that guides them. So I look at those 11 presidential secrets and I say, you know what, how do I hold up with that? What am I doing to do that? And I'm going to write about that. That's my promise to you. 
So as I look at those secrets, how do I apply them to my life? Well, purpose and play are important. And what I love to do is I love to be creative. Now, originally, I was going to come into the studio and say farewell because this was this is my second season. We had 13 shows planned, and this was the end of that 13, you know, the 13th show. But drum roll, please. I spoke with my executive producer, Sandra Rogers, and she says, by popular demand, they would like me to stay on and continue. And I said, well, it's really tough for me seeing patients full time and writing a book to do a weekly show. And she says, you know what? You can do a monthly show. And I said, well, we could do that. We can do a once a month show. I'll call it, you know, it's that time of month again, the Dr. Connie house calls, and we can do that. So the good news is we're going to continue on next month on Dr. Connie's house calls, but rather than be once a week, it'll be once a month. It'll be on a Thursday. We'll pick that particular Thursday, and we'll still be able to have access to you, the listeners, and to share our wit and wisdom with you. But the other news that I want to share, and I'm going to reveal this, um, and it's going to be the first time I'll reveal this, is my book is in the process of being optioned to Hollywood. I will be signing a contract, hopefully in the next couple weeks, with the good folks in Hollywood to most likely make it a television show. So stay tuned for the next couple years. There should be a show based on the White House doctor, and I will be involved with that show as a creative consultant because it will be based on my book, The White House Doctor, My Patients for Presidents. In a lot of ways, a great tagline would be as though, imagine West Wing meets Grey's Anatomy. So I think that has really good workings for a great TV show, don't you? So stay tuned for TV, but definitely stay tuned for listening in to me on House Calls. As I wrap this up, this, this 13th show, our second episode, our, actually, our 13th show of our second season. <clears throat> I want to thank a couple people. I want to thank my husband, John Weber, for giving this to a gift, gift for me, the gift of gab, as I say, because he knows how much I enjoy this show. I want to thank my son, Andrew Stevens, who has helped me in the studio for many of the shows, and his wife, Erin Stevens. Both of them together helped market the show, have helped me formulate the themes and get the guests together, and they send out the electronic announcement, uh, they post on Facebook, the email blast, and so forth that gets the word out. So they have been a wonderful support for this show and making it happen. I want to thank my executive pr producer of Voice America, Sandra Rogers, for inspiring me and encouraging me and also asking me to stay on and, and to be part of her network of, of hosts on her Voice America network. But also I want to thank uh, the guys in the production crew, A-Rod back there, uh, the other guys there, Randy Treasure, Jeff Gerstel, all the good guys in the back room who listen to my voice and say, okay, tell me uh, the show's done whenever it's done. I want to thank my dear friend Maddie, uh, who's my hide-the-body friend. I always say, how do you know someone's a true friend? I call it the hide-the-body test. Now, how does that work? <clears throat> uh, let's say, God forbid, you wanted to get rid of somebody, eliminate them. 
if you had planned that in mind, these are your few friends that you would call who would help you eliminate that offending person. They would also get the shovel, the truck, whatever, to hide the body, and they would cover for you. So there, there's only a handful of people you are hide-the-body friends. Maddie Wims is one of my hide-the-body friends. She's in studio today with me to cheer me on and be one of my dearest fans. So God bless you. Thanks for that, Maddie. I also want to thank most of all, all of you, the listeners, for tuning in telling your friends about our show, spreading the word, because I think change doesn't happen unless we make it contagious, that it's the attitude of gratitude, but also being positive in the world, and also just being kind to each other. We can disagree about politics all we want. We just No one's ever going to agree about everything 100%, but at least we can agree to be civil and kind to each other, to share in our humanity towards each other about what we think are important. I think, too, I mean, I, I love talking to people on the human nature basis in terms of show me the pictures of your grandchildren. Okay, that doesn't talk about politics. Tell me about that. Show, tell me how you met your spouse. Tell me about the things about your family, the things that unite us more than the things divide us. I think those are important. So I want to thank the listeners for tuning in because I want this show to be our way to make the world to be a positive, loving, caring place, but also to be inspiring and uplifting in a lot of ways to be a form of therapy. Is it radiotherapy? Sure. If it makes, if it can contribute in some way to your life to lift you up or give you some ideas that might help you, so be it. I want that to happen. That was really my goal. It wasn't to reach out to millions of people, although that's not a bad idea. But if I could reach at least one person out there, affect one person's life, my job would have been done. So that to me is important. That's what really makes me excited and makes me purposeful in my life, which help extends my life as well, right? So I'm going to wrap up this in a few minutes, this last of the second season. And I'm going to be excited about saying hello back to you next month when we resume with our third season of Dr. Connie's House Calls on the Empowerment Channel on Voice America. We will go monthly next month, so that'll be that special time of month. Your little friend, Dr. Connie, comes on the air and we'll have some interesting guests. I'll have to get together with my team to come up with some great guests to bring you back in. If you miss any of the prior episodes, go online, click on to the Voice America channel, listen into our former podcast, The Beauty of Podcast. You can listen in any time. And also to the, the first season that we had uh, four years ago, we're still there. You can look that up. So I'm going to get to work working on the, uh, the next season, the monthly season. I'm going to get to work on the next book and then hopefully get a contract signed out soon and get working on a television show. We can share more about that in the months ahead as we enter 2018. So I want to wish you all a blessed Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, wonderful holidays, a happy, healthy 2018. May, may all the good things and positive things come your way, and may God always be with you. So thanks so much for listening in, and I look forward to welcoming you back to Dr. Cotty's House Calls next month. Thank you and good night. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.